Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of MGR Unplugged. Today, I'm joined by Bjorn Benson. Bjorn is a very talented young man. He's only 19 at the time of this recording. Um, but when you listen to him, you will notice right away that he's not your typical 19-year-old kid. Bjorn is an artist. Bjorn is also a very deep thinker, a philosopher in disguise. And when you combine these two, great things happen. I had a great time interviewing him and getting to know him a little more after each of his answers. He's a very very eloquent person and he actually answers every question with very very thorough deep thinking information and thought out answers i really enjoyed interviewing him and i hope you do the same let me know what you think all right bjorn welcome to the show i've known you for a few weeks or months actually now and um I'm very impressed by the kind of things that you do. Uh, you're a very talented uh, young man, and uh, I Thank wanted to have you on the show. Um, and obviously, you and I sp speak all the time, and we see each other almost every day. But uh, I wanted to uh, to start by um, asking you to introduce yourself a little bit and just tell the rest of the uh, of the listeners who you are, what you do, where you were born. You know, a little background about yourself. I know you're very young. You're 19, 20, so obviously you don't have a a huge life story. But uh, uh, it's important to know, you know, just just where you come from. You know, a little bit about your background. Yes, yes. So, I'm Bjorn Bengtsson. I am an artist, and currently, and how I know you is through making making lattes for you down at where you've been at the coffee shop, and I've lived here in Phoenix, Arizona my whole life. I was born in Mesa. Both my parents, they're, they're engineers, um, so I don't know how they had an artist. It's kind of funny, but... Then I've got a younger brother, and these days I am entirely immersed and in love with my art, and it's almost hard to think outside of that. That's it's all encompassing for everything I do. That's good. So, so you just said your your both of your parents are engineers. Yes. What what kind of engineering? Uh, my dad is a, I believe is a mechanical engineer, and my mom is an electrical. Engineer. Okay, so so that's quite a contrast because obviously you like art, yes, and the kinds of things that are completely opposite of engineering. Engineering is all very uh, accurate math and science, and you. Um, uh, what attracted me about you is that you actually like art, photography, and abstract and application of. Uh, uh, you know your artistic skills which is not what an engineer will do so what when did you realize that that you you went that way basically yeah i i think you're right in that sort of engineering mindset there is a there is a fixed position in how things should be done and you're working within many boundaries and for me growing up it was those those were quite strict and i was okay being in those a while and then I guess something kind of just bubbled up within me and I I found that I I feel both those mindsets within me where there it, it's like this dualism this tear where one is very intellectual and very it, it would be that engineering mindset and the other one is the artistic mindset mm -hmm. um it's like intellect and emotion and it's kind of like a like maybe like a horse with two heads, you know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like trying to go and like carry me and it's going two ways. And what I have to do is find a balance between those where, um, like with my art, for example, I will set boundaries 
for myself and then immediately try to break out of them. Once I find myself within a style, I'm immediately trying to break out of it and grow into something new. Cool. And yeah. Awesome. So, so um, uh, when you were at school, I'm, I'm talking like uh, middle school, even high school. Um, how soon did you realize that you had this kind of uh, attraction towards art? And okay. Yeah, I I can't remember doing art though. Yesterday, I found some <laughs> some uh, some work from when I was in first and second grade. Wow, that's and early. It's it's beautiful, really. I've I I, I never knew it existed until yesterday when I found it, and even that was inspiring for me to see because I was able to step into my mind in mm. in being a child and try to capture that here and now. But in high school, uh, there was a girl that I that I really liked and I would uh I would get we, we sat next to each other in class, a couple of classes, I'd give her gum and she would like draw on the gum wrapper and then give it back to me and then she'd give me gum and I'd draw on the gum wrapper, you know. Oh I'd really? Like, go back and forth like that. So I I'd be drawing on like gum wrappers and I've got about I don't know, maybe like 50 of them like in this bag and I'd, I'd put them up in my room at one point, but I, I mean, it started as far as drawing goes, I remember it starting there and I would always be drawing in my notes, you know, just filling all the margins of like every single note page to just mm -hmm. fill the drawings, mm -hmm. um, of like faces and ideas and words that were prominent and spoke to me and out of me. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so with this kind of artistic uh, background or, or uh, you know, appeal that you had, how do you do with the non, like with math and science and chemistry yes. and all the other subjects? I mean, do you just kind of had to do them or do you like yeah. them? Were you a good student? I, yes. I see in school, a lot of those things are filtered through how, how we're taught um, in the classroom. Like I have to take a, or I had to take an online math class and that was, Oh, really? No fun, you know, but it's because of the, how the class is set up. I actually love math, uh -huh. and um, more so when it when it involves physics. Uh, like I was studying uh, Godel for a while, or Godel, and his uh, incompleteness theorems, and like studying those. And then I had bought some books on Einstein, and just like studying there, and um, the idea of like relativity in space, because I, I even use that in my paintings, and I had. Uh, taken a fi physics class um to like you know go deeper into that because it is something i enjoy um and i all i purpose it all through my art so even something is not simple but complex is the idea of um like the curvature of space and like i don't even understand it really but mm -hmm. a lot of the things i paint i don't understand so it's taking those and bringing those to the canvas and seeing what would be revealed. So, so, so yes. jumping ahead to uh, like real time today, um, I know you are um, at ASU now, Arizona State University, and you're a philosophy major. Oh, yeah. So where did uh, philosophy come to your um, to place? I mean, I know obviously you, you would discuss the, the appeal that you had to art and drawings and everything else. And so did you find like philosophy was also uh, attractive to you as far as finding um, the questions about life and where we come from and humanity and all that stuff? Is that, is that what attracted to you? Yes, I think that art and philosophy are, they're intertwined. They feed into each other. Um, for me, I can remember being young, uh, laying in bed, 
way way into the night um just just thinking and the idea that had grasped grasped me then and kept me up was I, I was I started with myself and where I was I was like okay I exist I'm right here and then I was like okay where did I come from and I like followed that further and further back you know my parents and their parents I'm Swedish that's where my name comes from and then just like you know going further and further back and I got to a point I was like okay like it had to have started with with God and I'm I'm this little kid laying in bed and I'm like it started with God and, and everything else came out of him and has flown out of him since um but like where did he come from and then I got in this like loop and I was like I couldn't go further back and it, mm-hmm. it kept me up and then so like those ideas of where we do come from always interested me and growing up in a Christian home and going to church and loving that I I think that a lot of religion today is very um very intellectual so it ties in with philosophy and lately i've been more so focused on how i feel the presence of god and not so much what i know about him and in searching for what i know that that tied into philosophy and it started with a guy named alan watts um, mm-hmm. I would like listen to his videos and yeah, there's one on, um, it's called what do you desire? I believe. And it, that had inspired me to break away from that intellectual engineering mindset that I had grown up in and find something that I actually do love, something that I feel passionate for. And that inspires me to develop myself and to grow into just to bloom so so since obviously since you grew up in an engineering um uh, parents house uh did they have any um any influence or did they f- you feel any pushback or anything or they were totally just letting you do whatever you wanted uh, how was the feedback when you told them i want to go to asu and study philosophy um it was my parents are very open that's good and they were okay with it cool yes all right, that's good. No, that that's that's what we're supposed to be. I mean, yeah. just just I mean, sometimes you know, kids feel like, like I know in some cultures, like um, like Asian Indian kids, um, um, they feel like, like the parents always push them to go to medical school or engineering or things like that. You know, it's like a, um, a tradition. And then mm-hmm. you know, I mean, some sometimes you just want to do something different. You know, so um, I'm glad that, that that was the situation with you because I really agree that uh, every person should just be able to decide whatever they want to do. You know, regardless mm-hmm. of what kind of. Uh, uh, environment they come from you know yeah. so um all right so you studied philosophy and then um w- w- do you uh do you find when you started actually going to school um or to college did you find that uh, when you started studying philosophy that that was what you expected or you fo- find yourself like you were a little bit uh boxed in into a certain type of philosophy that is not like what you expected or maybe studying philosophers that you don't really agree with. You know, obviously, philosophy is a very wide spectrum of uh, people and stuff. So, um, philosophers from all eras and and, and uh, thoughts and everything else. So, how 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 do you find the experience uh, once you went to college? Yeah, I I'm always doing studying of my own. I'm I'm always reading. I'm always studying. So, whenever I'm going to school, for me, it's I'm not necessarily going there to to be taught but to teach myself and to have people like open doors for me where I can find new channels 
that I can go to go down and teach myself through. So for me, the first, the, the first year that I've had there was, it's been, it's been, as far as philosophy goes, it's been good, but I, I don't like to stay in, like I said, I feel, I feel this dualism within me where it is intellectual and it is emotional and it feels dry when it's entirely intellectual mm-hmm. and it's very loose when it's entirely emotional and it's about finding the in-between um, where they're both both pushing me forward in the middle. So there it is entirely intellectual and any any speaking of emotion or intuition is often seen as just unintelligent and that's something that I find lacking but can find for myself in art. Uh, Will you say that um, because you studied with philosophy and then you found all these ideas and thoughts from former philosophers that you had to find a way to express yourself and then you found that art was the best avenue for you to do that? Yeah, so my first semester there, I... I'd been drawing like crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed that because I remember when you first started and you were doing a lot of reading, which obviously is philosophers' books and everything, and then you started shifting into the drawing like it was like a like an avenue for you to express everything that was in your mind. Mm-hmm. Like you had to kind of like do something. And normally yeah. people either write or draw, and you yeah. went to a drawing side. Well, I was doing both. I was. You were doing both. At that, at that, at that time, I was writing, well, <laughs> I was writing a lot of poetry and then I went through this this one period where I've got this I've got this one book that I that I wrote in and it was it was a, it was a very dark and unknown unknown period for me where I was forced to go very very deep within myself and to find something that was true and it was constant searching and that that was primarily through writing and from yeah but i was also drawing as well so i i'd been drawing and then there was and in writing like i said and there was this girl that i met like the first night being there at asu and i was hanging out with her for a few days you know into the semester and then uh i don't know one night i think i wanted to impress her or something so i was i was reading her some poetry that i had written and then it was it was in one of these little moleskin notebooks and we're like flipping through it together we're sitting there and I get to like some drawings. She's looking at it and she's like, "You're," she's like, "You're an artist, Bjorn." Right. And I'm like, "I'm like, no. Like, what, what are you talking about?" And she's like, "No. Like, you're 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 an artist." Yeah. And I was like, "I was like, shut up." <laughs> and and she's like, "No. Like, you need to say it. Like, say it, you. Like, I, I I'm an artist." Um. So she had me say it and then like repeat it and that's repeat good, it good. and to the point where I was almost yelling. So this was a girl that was in college with you. In yes. Class? Okay. Yes. And through that, I that was trying to extract the juice out of you. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so that happened. And then I was about to turn nineteen. So I hit I hit my nineteenth birthday, and I I had some money together, and I went to Jerry's Artorama. It was like the only mm-hmm. art store I knew near me, and. I like walked around there terrified and like uh, a kid in a candy store yeah, with yeah, all this, these uh, the place is huge like, I know yeah, I know <laughs> and especially your first time in there um, so I'm walking around and I end up with a few canvases um, 
some acrylic paint, some brushes. Did you even uh, decide uh, what kind of painting you were going to do, like like watercolor, oil, or pastels, or no, anything? No, I had I was like a. Uh, it was like there was like the, some ethereal, like string that was just uh-huh. tugging me there, and then right. walked me around the okay. art store, and then was like, "You need to get this, and then you need to grab that," and okay. I was like almost in a trance, you know. And then I yeah, I, get, yeah. I get it, and I I get back to my dorm and. I didn't want to see anybody that day either. Um, it just didn't. It didn't feel right. So I spent I spent that whole day and that night alone, and I just ended up painting for the first time ever on my nineteenth birthday. And I remember there's there's a writer, um, Patty Smith. She wrote that her mother had told her that what we do on our birthday is indicative of what will of what we will be doing for that following year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what's been happening. I've just been painting that's like awesome. mad. That's awesome. So so yeah, I think I uh, I've seen obviously a lot of your work. Uh, we we recently just launched a website for your uh, for all yes. your work to be displayed. It's beautiful. beautiful. It's um it's uh, bjornbenson.com and we'll, we'll we'll have all this in our show notes as far as the uh, the spelling of his last name is uh, Swedish background, yes. right? B E N G T. S S O N. Very very Swedish, Benson. Um, Quite Swedish. So obviously, um, that's because you have a Swedish background, which is mm-hmm. uh, your third generation here. Yes. Your grandparents were Swedish. Great, great grandparents. Okay. I there was one one art one painter in my family. My great grand great grandpa. He had he had terrible arthritis, and so he had to hold one hand. Mm-hmm he had to hold a brush in one hand and then hold that hand with his other hand and then like dab paint, oh, like almost like pointillism kind of thing. And he did nature scenes and they're really quite beautiful. He's the only artist besides writers. My aunt is a writer, huge inspiration for me. Okay. All right. So, so w- when I, when we created your, your website and this is uh, so the, uh, the MGR agency site, um, I noticed that you have a good variety of, um, talents as far as uh you you have photography as well which we'll get into mm-hmm. uh in a little bit but um mm-hmm. i see that you have some a, a big affinity for uh, portraits you you yes. like so so normally when people paint they paint either normally you see their landscapes or um still life like you know uh things on in, indoors and tables and desks and kitchen and food and things like that mm-hmm. or they do a lot of portraits and, and persons basically so it looks like you have this this um, ability to do, or, or actually affinity to do uh, portraits too. Is that is that where your major uh, um, attraction is, like doing more portraits than landscapes, or you're pretty much open? Yeah, that's 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 just what happens when I go to paint. Um, and it's really all about eyes. The only reason I paint faces is for the eyes. Sometimes just a single eye. That's everything. Is this is this like you you look at people and then you can try to see behind their eyes behind their what they're what they're thinking themselves and trying to reflect that with a paint or with the with the painting that you create yeah and people people tell i mean the body the body never lies it's its own language it's always speaking and if you're tuned into what eyes are telling you what people's eyes are speaking to you um I mean, that's how you learn the most about a f- person. There's no lying there. And that is, that's an intuition. It's a feeling. Um, yeah, I've fallen in love with eyes. And that, 
that just that drives everything i start with the eyes when i do a portrait and everything else just circles out and around Mm -hmm. and i think that we have we have two eyes for a reason one is and one is for looking in and one is for looking out we have like an inner eye and an outer eye and for me that's something that i try to capture you see in some pieces it's not necessarily that i try to capture it a lot of it just happens it really just happens and um so so and, and then on the opposite side when you do uh landscapes like you've seen a few and they're actually and then you also have some abstract uh paintings mm-hmm. that i really like in fact yeah, uh, have i have one that i um spirit i have hanging from my uh, living room that is beautiful and I, i'll put a picture as well but um are those just like all of a sudden you just basically have the inspiration to do something different um or it's like uh your mind just telling you okay today i'm gonna create this and then you just use the brush as your as your tool to to express yourself mm. i any abstract piece i mean names are just yeah, names are a whole other thing but any any piece that you would call abstract is almost entirely unconscious for me i go to the canvas with no intention but to really echo everything that is reverberating inside mm-hmm. me and what flows freely out of that is uh, you may call it abstract um for me it's just it's a feeling and that one that you have i've i've called the spirit and for me it's what um it's, it's powerful what um uh, from from I, I see a little bit of influence from obviously some of the painters that are famous uh, mm-hmm. worldwide. But before I start naming my own names or, or the people that I think are inspiring you, why don't you tell me? I mean, what what painters from the past or even present inspire you the most, or you relate yourself? Yeah, more Van to? Van Gogh. Okay, Van Gogh. yeah, that's exactly the one I was going to say. I love. Van Gogh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, to everybody, if uh, if uh, you are, if you go to his website again, it's bjornbengtson.com, and again, it will be on the uh, in the show notes. Um, he has a lot of portraits, and if you're a fan of Van Gogh, I mean, he uh, he does have that style. It's very nice, and it, you know, people think that it's easy to replicate that, but it's not, and uh, it needs to come naturally. And he does have a few that really uh, they, they capture the style very nicely. So, yeah. so is that one of your uh, one of your favorites? Yes, I I find solace in Van Gogh. I find peace in his pieces. Uh, I've had times where um, my mind is just kind of slipping. And I'm just go just kind of going down the rabbit hole, and I I've been in my room like that, and then I I've got this huge it's complete works from him, and I like. I like I see that and it just instantly grounds me, you know. And I sit there and I fl- mm-hmm. sit on my floor, where I do everything. I do everything on my floor. I sit there. I'm just flipping through his pieces for hours, um, sitting, staring at individual brush strokes, and entirely caught up in. Uh, he he has very reverent, um, just awe of nature and how God speaks to us through nature. Mm-hmm. And he captures that through his pieces. There's a movement, there's a breath in it, there's a spirit in it. And I, I learned this the other day that in Hebrew, spirit translates literally to wind or to breath. Um, and right when I had heard that, I was like, 
when I read it, I was I was outside. It was raining, and it was beautiful out, and it was it was as if like, God had breathed in the his his breath just um was this wind that just shot down my spine and like sent chills throughout my entire body. Wow. And <laughs> it was it was beautiful, but it's it, it's capturing that movement, that essence, the breath of nature, mm-hmm. and you see that in people as well. There's a flow of a face. Um, I think it all flows out of the eyes. So, so um, obviously, like you said before, you you go to school. You you also work at uh, mm-hmm. a coffee shop that I know of. I'm not sure you have any other jobs out there. But how how what is your typical day? I mean, what is a typical day typical in Bjorn's life? On okay. a, on a, I mean, right now we're in summer break as far as school goes. But um, I'm assuming let's let's just say a normal day when you go actually to school. How do you juggle? I mean, it's it's just sometimes for me when I try to do something creative within my line of business, it's very hard to just switch off from the busyness of every day, um, practicality and everything they need to do just to get your life moving on and the business and everything else to say, okay, now I like to be creative for two hours. It just doesn't work that way. You need to be creative when your mind becomes creative. So for a person that like you that actually, and I don't, I I mean, I have designers and agency and everything, so I can be creative as coming in with ideas, but I don't have to actually do the work. I have designers that actually interpret everything and do it. But uh, if I were to say, like I have two hours to paint. It's like okay, well, these two hours I'm exhausted, and this one I just don't have that creativity on a schedule, you know. Yeah. So for a person like you, how 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 do you juggle that type of uh, uh, schedule where you go to work and then you come from work and you're probably tired, you go home and you feel like painting, but your mind is just totally toasted. I mean, how how do you? What is a t- typical day for you? Well, I I love to wake up early, especially because it gets hot here. I can wake up when it's cool. So when you say early, what's uh, early for you? Uh, I try to be, for a while, it's around 6 or 7 Okay. When I like to wake up, and I will go immediately into, I mean, I, I'll go immediately into doing yoga, and through that, it that's me connecting to my body. If I'm not connecting to my body, then I, I'm just floating, so I need to ground myself, and I do that through yoga, breathing meditations. And from there, I'll go and make myself breakfast, uh, do lots of reading, like morning devotions and then other readings. And often I am working or going to school. And even then, I'm maintaining a balance of being in an intellectual mindset while leaving space for creativity to flow. So like I said, drawing in the margins of papers on in class um Mm -hmm. like constantly drawing sometimes i would just write all over my arms like with pen just like words and whatever whatever i was thinking (laughs) and uh and but by by the time i get to the end of the of the day i i feel that i've done the work that i need to do for the day as far as Mm -hmm. outside um for the people in that and i can go into myself and for me it's it doesn't feel like I think painting and writing is like the greatest work that I can do for myself and for other people it's the way that I can love other people the mm. way that Van Gogh inspired me um and brings me peace and brings me solace that's what I aspire to do through my pieces for the people and I'm not painting for people I'm not painting for myself 
I'm just painting because I'm in love and other people can feel that and that's that's what speaks to people and that's what people feel so for me it's I can't help <laughs> I can't help but paint right so yeah. so um on a typical day um, and do you have um do you feel more inspiration do you, first of all do you actually paint or write or both every day or sometimes yeah. you just okay, don't so that's, that's another thing I, I'm constantly switching mediums too mm -hmm. and that's the way because I think all all creative expression comes from the same source from the same spirit so I will be I will be writing um, like I'll wake up I'll write sometimes I'll be driving and a poem will hit me mm -hmm. like I'll maybe I'll see a sign that says like wet oil mm -hmm. right and I just feel like this this whole surge of words about to flow through me. So I, 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 reach, I reach and I grab my phone, like I'm driving with my knee and I'm like... Just careful with that. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then I'm, ty <laughs> I'm typing like a, I'm typing a painting through that. And uh, like there's one I wrote while driving back from work one night. I love it. Um, it's called Orgasmic Origami. I like that one. Oh, I like to see that one. <laughs> and, uh, but I, what I do is I, I'll, I'll be writing and then when I feel maybe tired in writing or that I've been emptied through that, I can switch over to uh, drawing or painting or photography. Like in some days, um, like the other day I spent a few hours like trying to get my work out there as far as writing goes into journals and things like that. Um, and then right after that I was working at getting pieces out, um, mm -hmm. like little like galleries and hanging up places. I've got two places I'm hanging up pieces now. And then I or that I'm setting up in a few days and then I go home and then I'm painting and then I had an idea. I found these old frames at a garage sale. So I was taking Polaroid photos that I had and I was collaging them together mm -hmm. onto watercolor paper. And then on the watercolor paper, I was drawing like with micron pen and then going over the drawings with watercolor uh, paint. And I don't normally use watercolor, but right. it was fun. It was fun to try. So I was, I was able to go from painting right into like collaging and doing stuff with frames, like painting on the frame and then maybe you read and write. Yeah. I never know where it's going to take me. And then, um, the other thing that I wanted to learn art of yours that I wanted to touch on is the, uh, photography, mm. which is also, uh, displayed on your website. And then you have a beautiful, uh, black and white series that is called the, uh, homeless, uh, series. Yes. And um, speaking of portraits, it's a beautiful collection of headshots, basically of different, I'm assuming they're actually homeless people that you run into or you find, in this case, probably more like downtown people Phoenix. Friends with. Yes. Are they all uh, from this area? From or Yeah, they are all in the Phoenix area. I. How, how do you approach them? I mean, um, do you just talk I, to them and say, oh, I'm an artist, I want to take a picture? Or? I, I approach them as I'd approach any other person. I just go and sit with them and talk i'm not really um hesitant in talking to anybody and i found that there's there's a deep deeply rooted indifference in towards people who are experiencing homeless mm -hmm. homelessness um yes people who are experiencing homelessness and i sought to bridge that barrier through eye contact in black and white, like stark photos face to face with people who are experiencing homelessness. And I did that by going and spending time with them. We'd sit, I'd go into like their, their home is on the street. And so I'm essentially like taking off my shoes, like 
sitting down in in their space in their home uh, and i would get to know them like i there's one guy named jim i'd go there like maybe like a few times a week and we just sit there and talk for hours and hours and hours you know and it's cause how, how do you find their uh their reaction or acceptance to you when you go there do they are are they all friendly are they like leave me alone or or, no. or, or how does that go they're, they're friendly it, i mean as long as you are friendly and as long as you're friendly people are friendly back so we would sit we'd talk i'd get to know them we'd become friends eventually i'd 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 tell them that i'd want to share the things that they have experienced a lot of people tell that through their face so i would photograph them and bring back a photo for them so they could have it oh you actually bring it back yeah oh I brought back a nice. photo. yeah and i was very careful so as not to use them because they're like you, you see you see photographers who will take photos of homeless people like laying on the street and it's the intention was to restore the humanity that was always there mm -hmm. and but let me ask you to allow are people to see them more those freely. pictures on your website of that collection is that for sale if somebody comes to you says hey, i want to buy this picture is that something you will sell or they can buy a print yes okay and then and then um do you um have any arrangement with the person to say okay if i sell this picture i'll give you a portion of the proceeds or no nothing like that or Like, like if you sell the picture with a particular homeless person uh, on the picture, do you tell them that you're going to sell the picture or basically? Oh, I had talked. Oh, yeah, I had talked with them and they made sure everything was okay with them okay. as far as. Uh, you sell the art, basically. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And displaying. Yeah, I mean, I see the pictures, and they obviously they are beautiful. They contrast. I mean, it's just uh, I'm, I'm a photography aficionado myself, and. Uh, Um, I love the pictures, it's, but, but I imagine for you, there must be even more because you have the story behind the picture, which is always yeah. everything that, that you relate. When you met the person, the story that they told you, everything, and then you have all that background information around the picture that the normal viewer just sees the final product, you know? Yeah. So it must be pretty touchy for you to, or touching to, to see that picture, so yeah. to see those. It's, it was, uh, it's a beautiful thing, and yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so, um, and then they are prismatic that you call. That's mm -hmm. pretty interesting. Is that how you say it? prismatic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. what I call it. Uh, those are like tweaked uh, photographies, right? Yes. Or special effects or uh, how do you describe that? I actually never heard of that until, until I met you. So, and I know the kind of pictures you have. They're hard to describe and I actually don't even know how you create some of those, but I'm sure you can tell us. <laughs> <laughs> It's sometimes it's like painting where I don't even really know how to yeah. make some of those photos, but uh, they it's like a double exposure type picture or sometimes it's I, I like to think them as just this coalescence of color where everything is flowing and illuminating within itself, within that piece, within that photo. And it's it's very vibrant, very colorful and. It's it's almost the opposite of the black. I mean, it literally is the opposite of the black and white photos mm -hmm. that I had done before and been so deeply involved involved in. And for me, it was very freeing to be in that black and white space and then to break out in so much color. And there's a little writing piece on the website, like all the way down on the about me area, about that that coalescence and that finding that part of me which was 
almost hidden and like, like crammed into a corner like mm-hmm. in like a hidden room where I, I i'd found myself there just flowing and um in and out of color like like i imagined it a figure that was that was entirely made of of paint and color and that was mm-hmm. like constantly flowing in and out like you see yeah. uh like reds and yellows and greens and blues just like coming up like bubbling up over yeah, the body and then yeah. going back inside mm-hmm. and i i it was all, it was as if i had like met this figure which was myself and like pulled it into myself and then was able to create from that so yeah i definitely encourage everybody to go to the uh to the site and take a look at those they are they're very unique and some of them actually look like paints but they are photography so it's a whole different medium but it's very very interesting um <clears throat> all right so so I'm assuming all this art, whether it's paintings or photography or anything you on the website that we created, you will start monetizing that at some point. I mean, the goal ultimately is to obviously start earning some money from your from your art. So, mm-hmm. uh, wh- where's your goal uh, in the next? Where do you see yourself in the next five years as far as where your art and and photography and I, everything is taking you? I don't know where I see myself tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a in an ideal world, what would you like to be uh, achieving with all this? I would love nothing more than to continue creating and that to sustain itself. Is that is that going to be your full-time? Obviously, everybody, I mean, all the artists and everything, uh, it's beautiful to become an artist and everything, but you need to make a living, you need to pay bills, you need to live like everybody else. So mm-hmm. is that your goal, that you can be financially independent as far as or making a full living just with your art yeah whatever i can do to make it so i can spend the most time with my art then that's what i'll do and i would love for it to be self-sufficient i would love to be able to be selling pieces that would keep me living and keep me buying more and bigger canvases and paints and pay for that time that I can be working and getting getting in galleries. Um, looks like I might be heading to Chicago soon, but I'm still uncertain about that. But there, that's, that's a good door for mm-hmm. stepping into that art scene with what I have. I, I know my work and sometimes... I hesitate in calling it my mm-hmm. work because um, I feel like a conduit. Like I, I, I'm a vessel, and this this spirit, the Lord, just fills me, and I breathe out whatever mm-hmm. the art may be. So, in some sense, I don't even think of it as mine. Do Do you find it is easier these days to um, for artists to display their artwork or their work? Like like basically back in the days before internet and all that, if you were painting, you you basically could take pictures and people, but it was less um, there was less ability to spread your knowledge or your art around the world. And it seems like today, thanks to the internet, website, social media, and everything, everybody can basically show their art and their photography pretty easily or, or distribute it. But at the same token, I imagine it's probably much more competition there because everybody can yes. basically do the same thing and and also show their art. So uh, how do you juggle that? I mean, I, I know that you are not particularly active on social media, right? You don't have a... Have no uh, social at least for media. now, you, you're not strong on Facebook or Instagram or any of these mediums. Is that is that for a particular reason or... 
Or you just I, want to focus so much on art that you don't want any distractions? I believe that what is um what is meaningful, what is impactful is is what lasts. It's it's not transient. It it transcends. So the the things that are on social media, they're very they're very fleeting. They come and they go. It's mm-hmm. It's no, I understand. There's a lot of uh, junk out there. I'm not a very social media person myself. But in your case, I think I think you will benefit from having um, an account that is strictly to display your artwork. Like uh, you can put all all the paintings that you have beautifully uh, on your phone. I mean, you take great photography of your artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, you could just upload them to a social media account, like uh, create an Instagram that is strictly uh, Bjorn Benson photography or, or art or anything, or just your name. And they just put them there, you know, for for people to see. And then um, um, you don't need to even take comments or anything. It's just as a way to to spread your work, you know. No, not on the social media side, but on the on the media side, as far as having an avenue for for your artwork to be uh, maybe going viral or, or distributed by other people. Yes, I I believe that what is what is beautiful and what is made in beauty will last, and I know that's what I'm doing with my work, and when when I bring it to social media, it it tears a part out of me, mm-hmm. and I can't have that. So the work will last apart from social media, and it okay. will influence apart from social media. Okay, I'll be asking. But the website is beautiful. I think it. Yeah, yeah, the website. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like it. So no, that's that's good. I mean, I'm glad that you you have that now and that list. It's an easy place to see everything, and then I know you uh, keep updating it every time there is a new uh, uh, piece of art that you develop, photography yes, or anything yes. you upload it there. So it's it's pretty easy to uh, continually being updated. Uh, have your friends keep up with you as well, and there's also a contact form on the website. So if anybody wants to contact you directly for any any reason, um, they can always fill out the form and just send it to you. So that's that's pretty useful. Um, very basic question: mm-hmm. What makes you happy today? What makes or me these, happy or today? these days? Um, what what tick, what, what takes you that says okay I'm pretty happy with <laughs> existing, just existing. I think is is quite happy. <laughs> there's 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 so much happening always around us. No matter what it is, it's happening, and mm-hmm. that is it's quite happy. <laughs> so you're uh, naturally you're a happy person. No, no. <laughs> what what struggles do you have? What struggles do I have? Mm. Either either now or in the past. I mean, what mm-hmm. what 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 kind of situations uh, bother you or or make you feel like you're struggling a little bit? Well, I may I may appear to be happy and always joyful, and in some sense I am. I am joyful because, like I said, there's just the beautiful play of life is always happening. It's right now happening, always happening. And I think that's fantastic. And I, I always bring myself back to that and center myself around what my soul is speaking to me. And I don't know. I, I, I'd say the reason that I may appear joyful is because I am, I've spent a lot of time cultivating that it doesn't just happen. There's some people who are just like happy-go-lucky, you know, mm-hmm. them. but no, I, I go 
deep, deep within myself to dig out and find every single thing that is poisonous to me and to other people so that whenever I am around other people, my solitude, I deeply love solitude, not for the sake of being away from people, but so that I may love people better. I go within myself so that when I am without and in the external world with people, I can love them better because I, I know my shadow, like I know my evils, um, and I have confronted them. And they're constant. There's always new ones. Are always coming, you know. But I sit with them. I give them a space to to speak because it's kind of like children who are just like quiet, crying and going cr- like getting all crazy you know it's you have to show them love and show them some attention so i do that so that when i am around other people i'm not passing off that to other people there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot that happens in in the the atmosphere as far as uh like spirits and how we transfer how we feel to other people so i'm very intentional as to what i put out to other people and it's all it's all love do you find yourself that uh sometimes well i know you do but uh, that you prefer to be alone rather than in a social situation like yes. like there's a difference between being alone and being lonely uh lonely is different mm-hmm. alone is just a person that is perfectly comfortable with his own th- or her own thoughts and just basically spending time developing your own mind you know so i i think uh, what do you think about that? Is that something that uh, you enjoy as well? I think that people who are caught up in the any sort of crowd mentality are far more lonely than a hermit alone on a mountain. They they don't know themselves. They are caught up in the flux mm-hmm. of everything that everyone else is doing. They don't know themselves, um, and it's it's a strange sense of loneliness and that you don't know yourself apart from other people you just are this mass of of what I, I don't know and for me it's i i love i love being alone it's where i can get the most work done it's but it's not necessary i for me it isn't it yeah i don't know i <laughs> i love to be alone and i love to be around other people but i do need both and mm-hmm. For me, the way that I'm able to love other people, I'll share share a quote. It's from Les Mis, Victor Hugo. It is, to love another person is to see the face of God. For me, it's the the innermost parts of me are reaching out to the innermost parts of another person. And that that is, that is, that is how I love people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Aside from, um, so obviously you're a busy man as far as working, um, mm-hmm. painting, going to school. What do you? Uh, what do you do when you're not basically doing any of those things? I mean, do you like to sometimes? How, how do you relax? How do you do? You like to be at home and reading a book or watching TV or what? What? Uh, what is your leisure time like? Hanging out with friends. I I don't have much leisure time. Like, I don't like to waste time. Um, and for me, I see 
I I'm always I'm always reading. I will when I'm relaxing, I'm quieting my mind. Uh, sometimes like through doing like breathing, meditations. But I I don't I don't I don't waste a whole lot of time. Like I'm either working, or I am cultivating growth. So yeah, that, that comes through reading. Sometimes I'll lay in my hammock and let and just kind of watch my thoughts from a like a third person perspective see where they go um fine-tune them it's constantly like rewiring rewiring my brain fine-tuning it so there's that i'll do free writes where i'll just mm-hmm. let everything that's happening in my mind come out and do you um Uh, do you enjoy any particular TV shows or movies or anything else? Do you go much to movies? No, I don't. I don't watch any TV or movies. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Not even. Um, I've been I've been meaning to watch Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey, but that's been for a couple months now. <laughs> yeah, I I can't remember the last time I watched, sat down and watched. Okay. Anything. That's probably good. You know, a lot of people spend a lot of time with all these. Uh, been watching shows and stuff and it's just a waste of time but that's my opinion too all right um yes. anything else i mean this has been a great conversation anything else you'd like to add um that we haven't discussed what what, uh, what other f- uh, information about you or insights about you you think people will be interested in i think that there's <laughs> so much that's unknown to myself um This is probably the most you've talked about yourself in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) But most can be felt through the art, through the pieces, through the work, through the paintings, the photography, the writing. And I think that's where that's where you that's where you can truly know a person. Good. So So um, go go there. Where uh, <laughs> where do people can find you? Obviously, they can go to your website, bjornbenson.com. Uh, and that's Bjorn is B-J-O-R-N. Benson is B as in boy, E-N-G-T-S-O-N. Huh? Did I do it yeah, right? Yeah, okay. you got it. Yeah, you got I, it. Can, uh, I can speak Swedish too. <laughs> so um, anyway, so that's his website, brand new. Uh, go check it out. Uh, there's uh, four collections there between uh, paintings, Uh, oil paintings and then pastels and then they has photography two series there the prismatics and the mm-hmm. uh on the homeless uh series uh new uh material is being uploaded as as he completes it um yes. there's also a contact form there you're interested in knowing or contacting him for any reason mm-hmm. uh please fill it out uh just check it out just say hi you know anything else um he works also at a local coffee shop it's called uh where you been Mm-hmm. Uh, spelled uh, bean as uh, as the coffee bean, uh, very <laughs> very unique. And uh, I go there pretty much every evening after work just to relax myself a little bit, have a coffee, and then just be in a quiet place, just doing my own work and reading. So it's a nice place. Um, that's about it, my friend. Anything else? Uh, um, no, I think that's it. I okay, think. very good. So uh, thanks for coming out to our show and. Uh, For everybody else, um, will be uh, this show will be online uh, probably in the next day or two, and then uh, um, next week I have another guest that I'm going to actually meet with uh, this evening probably, and probably will be recording sometime next week. But until then, have a great day and weekend. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>